Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Monday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azrin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I want to kick things off on a few updates. So yesterday, or rather not yesterday, it would have been a week ago. Last week, I told you that I wrote a test in my Mandarin class and I was a little bit worried. I was worried I didn't do very well, and I was worried that it wasn't necessarily the most fair test in the world. If Just to refresh your memory, I was essentially saying that the test was quite long, there was a lot of stuff on it, and I was essentially wondering if it was a test that was even remotely possible or reasonable to finish every single question and answer every single question in the, in the time that we were allotted. That was what I was wondering. We got the test back today when I went to class and I did, well, okay. Let's say I did better than, better than I expected. I got a 72% and which is, eh, it's on the okay side. It's not great. And essentially, I'll be honest with you. The biggest reason I got 72% was because on the last, I'm just looking at the test right now, literally, literally the last 20, yes, the last 20% of the test about looks like two, four, six, four, looks like 10% was like answers I just happened to guess right. So there's 20% of the test, 10% of it, I just happened to guess right because it was a bunch of multiple choice and true and false. And I was like, whoa, that's a little bit lucky. (laughs) So really the 72 probably could have ended up being significantly lower if I'd not been lucky with with the questions I guessed on. So I'm not sure. I mean, I still semi stand by what I was saying that maybe it wasn't the most reasonable test. I'm not sure when I was talking to other people in the class, um, one person's, you know, I talked to like three people about it. I haven't talked to everyone, but the three people I talked to, one of them was like, yeah, the tests are getting significantly harder. Like they're getting harder each time which I've actually agree with. When I think back on it, I think that's been a trend. Each test has gotten harder. Someone else was like, yeah, the reading part was really difficult. That was not my complaint. So I found that was an interesting insight because when I read the reading part, I was able to understand it. I just didn't have time to answer all the questions, right? I didn't have time to read through it. So I found that was interesting. And a third person said, oh, I thought it was okay. I struggled with the reading part because I haven't been doing a lot of reading lately. So I was like, oh, most people struggled with the reading part versus, and they thought that was the the hard part, the difficult part. My qualm was related to that, but it was more the fact that there was too much on the test to really get through it properly. So I don't really know what the answer is. You know, I feel, I feel like I'm not gonna get very far by complaining about the test when I was really thinking about it objectively. I am wondering, or rather, I'm pretty sure there's nothing I can like objectively say, oh, this was not fair, or you shouldn't have done this, or this was lacking, or this, that, the other thing. I can't see anything where I can logically make the argument. I mean, I think the big conclusion I'm coming to 
is that it was a difficult test, despite the fact that maybe it was, it was still a fair test. Difficult, but on the fair side of things. So that's kind of my final, my final conclusion as of, as of today, what I'm thinking about it. Another update I want to give you, and this is kind of exciting. I said yesterday that I, I had brought on some volunteers to run additional language learning events in my city. And today is the very first day that there's going to be an event where I am not present. So there's a, there's a, a lady that I actually teach English to who's from Colombia. She's going to be running an event today by herself. There should be about roughly 10 to 20 people who attend. Um, we've we limited the number of attendees to 20 as a maximum to make it a little bit easier at my events depending on the event I either have 35 as a maximum or over a hundred and I'm the only host so it depends on the style event style of event on the venue the purpose of the event etc but I feel very comfortable having a large group and managing that but we want I wanted to make sure it was a smaller group for um, for the new people who are running events. So today is the first day where we're having a Spanish event without me hosted by somebody else. Tomorrow is the first day we're having a French event hosted by somebody else. So I'm excited to see how those work out. I think it's gonna be great. Um, I'm still, by the way, any Calgary people listening to this, I'm still looking for some volunteers. And I'll also throw this out too. <clears throat> this is open to Calgary people or international people. I guess you could say a bit of a part-time job. If you have any kind of editing knowledge, uh, hit me up. I, as I said yesterday, I, I am looking for people to help with some editing, to do some minor, some very simple video editing for me. Uh, so if you have some of those chops, you want a part-time job that's basically not even part-time. It's, I guess, more of a casual job. I guess you could say it's probably something in the range of like five hours a month. So basically, I'll it'll be the, it'll be a monthly fee that I pay you. Uh, you will you'll have a deadline every month to get a certain number of videos done. You work on the videos when you want to. Essentially, as long as it's done by the deadline, you'll be good. Like I said, it's roughly five hours of work a month. So you can either sit down in one day and just get it done, or you can spread it out across the month as you please. Uh, but it's really going to help me out a lot. So if you have some of that video editing knowledge, uh, feel free to hit me up, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you have my email, some of you have it, or you can find my email on my Instagram, right? Um, feel free to reach out at Polyglot Azarin, and we can discuss it further. Um, any other personal life updates? Uh, nothing that's really coming to mind right now. So let's just jump in to our language learning topic of the day. And I have a few different topics I want to jump into. First and foremost, this is a follow-up on a previous podcast. I talked about online translators, such as Google Translate, right? We talked about how, essentially I said, stop using this tool. It's not a great language learning tool. And I want to build a little bit on top of what I said, because yesterday I recorded a short, rather, a 10-minute YouTube video on that topic. And I, I happened to say something, and something came to mind, which I think was very clever. And I was like, whoa, I wish I said that on the podcast. So I'm going to say it today. Translator, online translators are not dictionaries. I'll say that again. Online translators are not dictionaries, and therefore they should not be used as a dictionary. The purpose of the online translator is simply to help you get your message across, right? So if you're traveling or whatever, and you want to get a message across to someone, that is the purpose, in my perspective anyway, in my experience, that is the purpose of the translator. 
it is not meant to give you accurate definitions of words. And so when you're looking for accurate definitions or accurate translations of a word, or you're trying to learn a language or speak in a very proper and correct manner, the translator is probably not always going to be your best friend. And there are other resources that are going to help you more. There were some other things I said in the YouTube video that were not said in the podcast, but um, I think what we're gonna do is, I think it doesn't really fit in this podcast, so we'll leave those things out. Now, this leads me to an interesting point around speaking in a correct manner. You know, it's funny, when you talk to different language learners, we see, or at least I've noticed, a lot of different perspectives on this concept of correctness. Some people who are learning languages, they feel like, you know, oh, minor mistakes are okay, right? If I make a minor, you know, pronunciation mistake or minor spelling mistakes, or if I say something and there's a minor grammar error or whatever the case may be. A lot of people, I would even say the majority of people that I've talked to and I've come across are reasonably okay knowing that they're making some mistakes when they speak, right? Versus those other people that are the complete opposite. And they're like, no, 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 I want to speak really well. I don't want to make mistakes, this, that, the other thing. And we have these two opposing perspectives. And obviously we have everything in between. Some people don't sit, they don't have a hard line of, I need to be perfect. And some people, uh, you get the picture, right? That we have shades of gray in this whole, um, in this whole dynamic. And I want to discuss this a little bit. Personally, I'm someone who wants to sound as damn close, as damn close as I can to perfect. So perfect pronunciation, perfect grammar when writing, perfect, like I want to sound native, I want a good accent, like I really want to sound amazing. And that's because languages is like the focus of my life. It's something I spend 60 hours a week on. And so it's, and I love it. And it's, it's like a big focus for me. And so I want to be really, 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 good. Now, this leads to some interesting territory because when you have a high, very ambitious goal like me to have that extreme, extreme level of fluency and extremely high level that most people don't have, when you're striving, when you're striving for that, I think the steps that you have to take are different to learn a language than the average Joe. And it's something I have to kind of, it's something I've had to wrap my head around over the past couple of years, because my assumption was that everybody was coming in wanting to learn a language to the same level of fluency than I was wanting to do. So in other words, when I would get a new student or if I was giving someone advice, if I was talking to someone, I had this underlining assumption that they are wanting to achieve a level of mastery in that language. But the reality is that that's not everyone. And so, in some areas where I wouldn't give myself any wiggle room, in some areas where I would not accept mistakes, I think for other people, it's okay to accept mistakes. And it sounds kind of basic. It sounds like a sim- like it's such a simple concept. Like, Azrin, why is this striking you in your mind? Like, why is this on your mind? Well, it's on my mind because of how it really affects everything that I do. It affects every element of my work. It affects the type of advice that I need to be giving. It affects how I structure my classes for the students who are paying me. One thing I was thinking about, and actually I'm pretty damn sure I need to do this. I need to pull the trigger on this. I'm like 80, 90% there. I think one of the things I have to do is when someone pays for lessons or they pay for a course or a class or whatever the case may be, I essentially have to say, hey, 
you're gonna pay me this much money, whatever the amount is, I, I gotta figure that out, right? And you are going to achieve this level. There has to be like, there has to be some kind of, not a promise, but almost like a promise, like, hey, you're gonna come to this many hours of classes, we're gonna cover this content in this amount of time, I would like you to, you're going to be get, you're gonna get this much homework, right? And when you do all this work, you have an extremely high likelihood to achieve this level. And so that way there's a level of certainty that someone goes, okay, I'm paying Azrin 400 bucks, 500 bucks, 300 bucks, 600 bucks, whatever the amount is, I'm paying this much and I am going to achieve, I'm going to re achieve an, an upper beginner level in, in English, in Spanish, in French, in whatever. There needs to be an extra level of certainty, right? And for me, I've never really gone in that direction before because in my mind, right, when someone would come to me for classes, my underlying assumption is that, oh, this person is trying to achieve the same extreme level of fluency that I would try to achieve. And because I know in my mind that no matter how good you are, when you wanna to get to the level that I wanna to get to in a language, it's a, it's, a, it's a process that takes years upon years upon years, and it's something that's a never-ending process. In other words, maybe it takes you, I would say, whatever, four, five, six, seven years of consistent work to get to that, let's call it really advanced level. But even after that four, five, six, seven, eight years of just consistent, consistently chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, even after that time, you have to at a minimum maintain it, right? Otherwise you're gonna start sliding backwards. So it's minimally a process that takes years. And then even after that years, you have to put in some level of work to maintain the level that you've achieved. So when someone has, so when I have that underlying assumption, when someone will come for classes, you know, I didn't need to be like, hey, you're gonna pay this much money, it's gonna be a three month program, and you're gonna achieve this level. I didn't worry, because who cares about where you get to in three months? You're gonna be in this for seven years. Or <laughs> like, that would be my mentality, right? Another simil a similar concept is that I would, you know, in the past anyway, I'd be loose with the homework. I'd be loose with it. I'd be, and to be honest, I still have to be a little bit tighter with it. I have to find a better system, but I'd be loose. I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. It's, you know, we have our class on Monday. I'm not seeing you again till whatever, Saturday or whatever the day would be. Yeah, like no no, no worries, right? Like just, yeah, here's, here's some homework. And I would give, I would casually give the homework and it would be maybe not the most effective work that I could give them that would help them maximize their learning. And maybe I wouldn't even give it with the, I wouldn't even, how do I say this? I wouldn't set the expectation that they must complete it to the best of their ability and really focus. And even with the homework, sometimes the homework I gave would not actually take that long to do. It would not be a very difficult homework. And by the way, in many scenarios, this style of teaching is actually fantastic, right? Some people are busy, some people are more casual with it, some people this, that, the other thing, right? But again, when I was treating it that way, my assumption is that the person is on their own time doing their own learning. They're thinking about languages when they drive. They're listening to language music, uh, music in different languages in their car. They're gonna go home and practice on their own. And, and I realized that I was like, holy cow, people don't do that. That's me. That's Azrin. Other people don't. <laughs> like people don't know what to do. They don't know what steps to take. And even if they did know what steps to take, they're not as passionate about languages as I am. And they're going to be more impatient than I am, rightfully so. They're going to be rightfully more impatient than me. I'm going to be more patient 
because I'm trying to achieve a much higher level than them. And so I understand it's going to take me a long time. It's going to take me a matter of years. But most people coming into a language, they're not trying to get to that level. They're trying to get to that intermediate. They want to just be prepared for their trip, their traveling. They want to just fun be functional. They want to, you know, pass a test so they can get a job. Like there's different motivations compared to what I have. And so such a simple concept of understanding that most, a lot of people anyway, do not necessarily want to get to the super duper fluent level, right, deep down inside. It sounds like a simple concept, but it affects every element of my work, every, literally everything. Even something as simple as the types of events I run. Like what kinds of events am I running? Am I running events? Like why? Like what's the overall, who, who are they for? Is the events structured for people who want to get to that super high level? Or are they structured for people who want to get to an upper beginner intermediate level? Like, or who's the target audience? And that's something I, I really have to, I have to keep in mind. And what's interesting to me is, actually, this is a weird thing I've never thought about in a long time. When we look at the, the target audience of my content, and we look at the target audience of the stuff I do locally in my city, like my students and stuff that's, that's, that's really paying my bills. When we look at the target audience for both, I think it's a very different target audience. People who are regularly consuming my content in, based on what I know, and maybe I'm wrong, and if you, if you don't fall into this category, let me know. But based on what I know, you fall into one of multiple categories. Number one, you know me in real life, and you're just interested to hear my thoughts because you were friends. <laughs> or we know each other. And so you follow my Instagram, you follow stuff, you follow the podcast, you follow it because you're like, I want to know what's going on in Azrin's head because I see him and we're friends and, or, you know, I go, I go to his events and it's just kind of interesting to hear where he's at. And I have a mild interest in languages, but really I'm just, I just like Azrin and it's cool to hear him blabber his mouth off. There's definitely some of you there. Um, shout out to who, who, who do I know? Uh, shout out to maybe actually, it's funny actually on the podcast. I'm not sure how many of you, I'm not even sure. I don't have the same metrics on the podcast as I would in other places. So on the podcast, it's a complete mystery. I don't even fully know everybody who's listening. So if you do listen, make sure you message me so I can put some faces and I can start to figure out who's listening to the podcast. <laughs> anyway, but that is definitely one category of people who, who consume my online content. I think we have another category, which is people who are very interested in language learning. They really are interested and, uh, you know, they're listening for the podcast because it is an interest they have. The same way if you had an interest of hockey or about hockey or a sport or my uh, friend of mine who really likes to fish, you know, my friend, my fishing friend listens to a lot of fishing content online and consumes a lot of fishing content because he likes it. It's a hobby. It's an interest, right? I think those are two major categories. And I think we have another category, which is like, you like languages to some extent, but I think in my podcast, I, I layer a lot of other elements that are not strictly linguistically oriented. So things around personal development, things around my perspective on life, things about um, just myself and what the, the way I view the world. And I think that adds a certain level of color. And so some people, probably even a lot of you, maybe your level, your passion level for languages doesn't match mine because you have other interests, but maybe you've got some level of interest in languages you're working on a language or two, but you also kind of appreciate some of the, the perspective sharing that I do on the world, you know, my perspective on things. So that's you guys. My, 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 the people I work with in the city, yes, sometimes share some of those same things, but it's, it's not the same. 
they have different motivations, different interests. Often they're people they are going on a trip in three months and they just want to pick up some basic Spanish or, or whatever it is, right? So it's just an interesting little insight that struck my that struck me right now. Um, how long has this podcast been going? Looks like we've been going for, let me have a quick look here. Looks like it's been going for 20 minutes. Nothing else is really coming to mind today that, that I feel like I want to share. So let's wrap this podcast up here. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate your attention and we will talk next time. Bye for now, guys. See you.